How's it going, everybody? We're here with the 51st episode of Fear Frequency. And for our new listeners, this is a weekly horror podcast where my best friend George and I round up our favorite horror news and review a movie or two. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne. And I'm George Fazard. And if you're a new listener, we would really appreciate it if you gave us a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. And last week, we actually missed a couple reviews, I think. So George went back and found them all. Yeah, there's a little bit of a delay in the uh, iTunes app on the phone or the podcast It's terrible. App, so forgive us if uh, if it takes us a little while to read them, but, uh, we, you know, bear with us. It's not our fault that the app's a little bit delayed. Um, I forgive you. <laughs> so uh, the first review is from Mr. Joe's, and it says, A podcast you should be listening to. <laughs> This is like sitting in a room with friends, listening to them talk genre films. I'm a huge horror fan, and I generally get excited when I see a new episode come out. This is definitely a show you should, uh, definitely a show you should have with the rest of your arsenal of horror podcasts. So that is you. so nice. Yeah, that is actually no really one nice. is that nice to me. <laughs> that is really kind. I really like that. That was really cool of you. Sorry we were late like four times this month by a day <laughs> right when you discover it it's when we start like falling off on our actual yeah. schedule <laughs> we'll get back on it after october's over i promise um and then we have one uh called love and the spooky from h van Daman, and it says absolutely love this stuff found jimmy through because video games and i loved his personality and his love for horror genre so thank you Oh, th- thanks for reading that, George. It's just a big compliment for me. Thanks. Uh, Jake and Andy are awesome. I like those guys a lot. And Tom over at Game Ranks is also very cool. And we got two more to read, and we still got another fan mail. So this is actually pretty overwhelming how much uh, support we've been getting lately. So <laughs> yeah, just in general, awesome. thanks, th- guys. thanks a lot. We really do appreciate <laughs> it. But um, this one is from Omega X one one two zero says one of the best i really love this podcast i've been listening for a while now and i'm always happy when i see an episode pop up in the feed the format is excellent and the hosts are fantastic listen now you won't be disappointed hell yeah that's like i feel like if we ever do like one of those things where it's an ad that has reviews that is a perfect one to put on an oh, ad. oh yeah you know that'd be like, like listen now you won't be disappointed if we had a dvd of the podcast that would be the box quote on the front of it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that was really well written good job yeah thank you um and then we have one from snoriex who says i love it super fun podcast we'll definitely be listening again so thank you yeah straight into the point i like it <laughs> i'm glad you love our show we work really hard on it thank you for feeding our egos yeah seriously <laughs> <laughs> and uh we have a fan letter which you can send any emails to us at fearfrequencypodcast at gmail.com and uh, this one is from Reg King, and he says, Hey, Jimmy and George, new listener here. I found Fear Frequency at September, and I binged every episode since. Congrats on making it to 50 episodes. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys rock, and you're my favorite podcast. Thanks for all the hilarity, news, reviews, and movie recommendations. Have a great Halloween, and you never know who might be listening. Damn, that was a great way to use our catchphrase in <laughs> your email. I appreciate that greatly. Very kind of you. Thanks for all the great reviews, everybody. Um, that was awesome <laughs> to have that many reviews in one week to read. And then next up on here, I wanted to give a shout out to Anthony from Something Ghoulish. If you haven't, he's all over on Twitter now with the Something Ghoulish Twitter. But if you haven't seen his channel, he put up his first video and it is awesome. It's on expressionism 
and other creepy horror things. And he told me that he has basically been working on the videos for his channel for like a year. And he's really, really talented at editing. So you should go check him out at Something Ghoulish. Um, that's the last shout out. But now we have some... It's not exactly bad stuff to talk about, but it's just like I'm sick of it. So if you guys haven't been like listening for the past few weeks, we have beef with this other podcast called The Fear Frequency because they just started and obviously their name is The Fear Frequency. So we were like extremely similar. (laughs) Yeah. So we called them out a couple times. They review bombed us. We asked you guys to, you know, drop them some one star reviews, not to like retaliate, but to get them to respond to us. And instead of just DMing me or emailing me, like I originally asked, they just started talking shit in their podcast about us. And they, instead of, Focusing on the real heart of the matter, which is they used a name that was taken and is like legally owned by us. They focused on us saying they stole our format, which I'm 99% sure we never said. And if we did, we didn't mean we own the format. Like we don't own this format. Like this format I've, I've used for other podcasts. It's from Podcast Beyond, which is my first podcast I ever loved. It is Like, that's where I got this format. And Modern Horrors uses it. A lot of people use this format, where you talk about news and then you review a game or a movie. Uh, Our issue was they didn't start out with that format. They started out by doing big episodes on the Halloween franchise. And then on their, like, third or fourth episode, they started using this format, which was after I contacted them. So... They didn't steal our format. They just geared their show, which has the almost I almost same name as ours, to be the exact same as ours. And I like I don't know if they looked us up before that, but I mean chances are they did. It's really frustrating. So um the this is the issue we have with them. They didn't do the proper research to see if the name was taken before they made their podcast, and that's on them because we legally own the name. I reached out to them privately when I saw that their podcast was a thing right after the day they actually posted their first episode so we can nip it in the butt. And I, this is verbatim what I said. Hey, I was looking at my podcast for your frequency on iTunes to check in on our reviews and I noticed your podcast came up as well. I really hate to be that guy, but I'd appreciate it if you guys changed the name as we've had our show running for a year and already own the own the associated domains and social accounts. Thank you. I hope to hear back from you soon. Jimmy Champagne, owner of Fear Frequency Podcast. So that's a very, I feel like that's a very kind and polite message. The dude just never answered. So I was like, I kept bugging him and they're Twitter DMs. He obviously saw them, right? Like realistically, (laughs) you would assume. Yeah. And I don't know. These guys want to be little immature babies about it and act like this, they own the show or whatever, because Instead of actually responding, all they did was go, Oh, Jimmy Champagne and George Fazard? Never heard of these guys. They think they're famous or something, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you're missing the point, dude. We don't think we're famous. We think you're using a name that is legally owned by us. Like, you stole a name. And at this point, it is stealing on your part because you are fully aware that ours exists. But I think for now, we're done talking about it because these guys want to act like five-year-olds. So... Uh, we'll let our show speak for itself. And we just want to say thanks to you guys for sticking with us and listening. And some of the reviews you left, I'm not going to read them because it's, <laughs> some of them are pretty savage, but you guys, uh, you, you really showed up. Yeah, we definitely have a strong, uh, core fan base that 
is willing to to come to bat for us if if need be. So we do appreciate that, and and for all the great reviews and fan mail you've been sending us these past couple of weeks, we really do appreciate it. It's what keeps the show going. I mean, we're over fifty episodes in now, over a year, so it's uh, we don't have any intention of stopping anytime soon. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating because like George and I worked on this show for months before we launched it coming up with the name which was George I spent I have so many revisions of that album art that I made I made all of that myself I put a lot of work into this on top of my YouTube channel on top of my day job so it sucks that these idiots can just come out of nowhere and be like oh we're gonna make a podcast oh (laughs) fear frequency that's definitely not taken not even gonna search it before I make my show uh okay so three episodes in we're gonna change our entire format to be the exact same as the one who called us out for taking their name all right cool it's just it's frustrating but hey this is a positive show and the fact that you guys really showed up is awesome yeah (laughs) so that's the last time we're gonna talk about it I think. I hope. Hopefully. I pray. (laughs) Uh, So, I'm getting this weird incoming transmission, though, from Dr. Loomis. That must mean we have a Halloween alert. Whoa, this really threw me off, George. I thought we were going to be done with the Halloween alerts, but... You know, I thought so, too, since the movie is out and people could see it, but there's actually still a steady stream of news trickling in about this, so we're not... The Halloween alert is still active to this day, probably for weeks to come still. So first up here, Halloween topped the box office again last weekend with another $32 million take, which brings their grand total global take to $172 million, and it's expected to hit $200 million this weekend, which... Kind of makes it the highest grossing horror movie of all time, but for if you like gauge it and rearrange it for inflation, mm-hmm. Scream still holds that title. But like total, Halloween will beat Scream, but I feel like we have to give credit where it's due. Scream will still be the top. But uh, $200 million is not bad for Halloween, dude. Yeah, and it's the first um, movie in the Halloween franchise to break $100 million, so... That's also pretty big news. Within its, you know, first two weeks of it being out, it's breaking all kinds of records that this series, which is a very beloved, massive series, this movie is already breaking records, like, without even trying. It's crazy. Yeah, and then the next thing in this article that I feel like is worth mentioning is that Dario Argento's Suspiria remake from Luca Guadagnino, or however you say it, uh, did really well in its limited opening in 89,000... What? What does this mean? <laughs> it made $89,000 per screen average, but it was only in two theaters. Oh, what the hell? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I just had a stroke on <laughs> podcast, guys. So it did huge numbers for its very extremely limited release of it only being in New York and Los Angeles. For yeah, this... so that opens up this weekend. Or it Next... opened up last weekend. Technically, that's the... Like, limited release. I think it opens up for everybody November 2nd. Shoot. God, I wasn't going to review it, but now (laughs) I think I have to. (laughs) I really liked it. I don't know why I'm so apathetic about it. I just, like, I can't take the heartbreak of a video doing bad anymore. After I'm on, like, this roll now where I haven't had a video get less than 1,000 views in, like, three months. Mm -hmm. So and that's like cautious about what you want to put out. You don't want to break the streak. It's because of YouTube's algorithm, man. Like, I feel like if they fed my videos to everyone who was subscribed to me, my views would be fine. Mm -hmm. But it's 
bizarre. It's like you gotta click the bell in addition to subscribing. You gotta make sure YouTube didn't automatically unsubscribe you from people. It's really dumb. And ever since October 16th, when YouTube went down, which was when they launched the new code for the website, allegedly, that removed Google Plus's integration from YouTube, everyone's views have been terrible because it basically broke YouTube. And they won't admit it, but that's why YouTube went down, basically. And that's why the site hasn't been working right, basically, since <laughs> October 16th. And it's weird. Every creator is seeing 30% or more or less views on their videos. And I was like attributing that to Halloween being released in theaters, but I went back and it's literally October 16th after my video's views decreased 30%, like on the money, which is too creepy. Right. So I digress, but hopefully I'll, I'll probably do a Suspiria review because uh, I really liked it. And then next up on here, Phil Noble Jr., who we met at Telluride Horror Festival, he's the editor-in-chief of Fangoria, which is like, you know, kind of tiny role, nothing crazy. (laughs) He actually, so he showed me these pictures in real life, and I was like, fuck, I need these pictures. But he tweeted out some of them, and they are original set photos from the original Halloween. And they're really high resolution, and they're obviously black and white, and they look amazing. Uh, I I don't know how he got them. I think it's because he made a Halloween documentary. Okay. Uh, And he was really cool. He was a really nice guy. Uh, Couldn't be kinder. And I think it's awesome that he's sharing these out. Yeah, there's a lot of cool photos. It's not like just one or two pictures. It's a whole gallery's worth of a lot of pictures that I'd never seen before or even would expect to see. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there. You should definitely uh, check out his Twitter because he posted a lot of them. uh, What was it, like last weekend or something? Yeah, and I mean, I know it's probably surprising to you guys, but when I went up and introduced myself to him, the first only thing I talked about was Halloween. So, <laughs> and then he was like, check these out. And I was like, whoa, that is that is not a weird flex. That is a good flex. It was awesome. I was like, these are sick. I almost took his phone and ran away. <laughs> the next up on here is some really cool news uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis says if David Gordon Green directs a sequel to Halloween, she'll gladly do it. And um, we've heard the rumor that he's not coming back to direct, but now Blumhouse has some incentive to bring him back, which would be good because we want him to direct, I think. Right. Yeah. I know there was a little bit of talk about some possible drama on set that was possibly pushing out uh, Gordon Green and um, Danny McBride from not coming back for the sequel. But if Jamie Lee, who is one of the reasons that this movie is doing so huge says that she wants him back. That might be enough to get Blumhouse to kind of accommodate whatever the issues were in the original set. They'd be smart too. (laughs) I just, I don't know. It seems weird to be like, okay, you guys successfully brought back Halloween. You got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis on board. You got John Carpenter on board and John Carpenter said it's terrifying and that, he loves it, uh, but yeah, not going to go with you for uh, the sequel. So. Right. <laughs> and um, what? A- actually, to pimp out another podcast, um, the Halloween on Mass podcast is like an eight-part series. On oh, it's so good. Both the original Halloween kind of going through until current day, and they have interviews with Danny McBride and David Gordon Green and Jason Blum, and they go over about a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff of how the movie got made, the new one, and what were the big elements of the original movie? And I highly recommend anybody who's interested to check that out because I just listened to it. Last episode went up, like, last week, and I thought that was a really, really awesome podcast. Amy Nicholson did a great job. 
and Phil, Phil, who we just talked about, is in one of the later episodes. I forget which one. I listened to it in one big, <laughs> one big like, chunk. Go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It like auto played, so I don't know. <laughs> but he's in it. It's he's pretty cool. He's a smart guy, uh, and everyone in it is pretty cool. So check that out for sure. The art is awesome. And then that's it for the Halloween alert. So we're moving into the regular news now. And fucking George, dude, he had to put another <laughs> Living Dead doll in front of my face. Oh my god. So. Uh, Mezco, I think, is doing a new Living Dead doll of Part Two, Jason, with the little with the little sack on his head, with the eye hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got the sack on his head with the little eye hole, and he's got a big pickaxe that's taller than him. It also comes with uh, Mama Voorhees's uh, <laughs> shriveled head as oh a, an God. accessory. So <laughs> these things are amazing, dude. I mean, they're so Frick. cute. It's like <laughs> you want to collect them all, but you know, it's like. I don't know. They all look really good. Like this one, I think I might have to get just because I think um, this is what I don't even like that movie that much. I like part two, and he's in the beginning of part three, which is another one of my favorites. <laughs> like, he has the the sack I, on his head. I, I want it, but it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> like they could put one of Chucky out. I mean, it's definitely a bit have, of a deep cut because it. it's like Jason without the mask, without the machete. Like, with a pickaxe and a bag on his head. So it's a, it definitely a strange entry in the series, but they they see a, any opportunity to make a little chibi version of it in doll form, and they'll do it. Damn, that's crazy. I want that. <laughs> Sit right next to I hate to you Valak. so much. I've spent so much money this week. <laughs> uh, next up on here, Netflix has one more Halloween treat this year. And it's an anthology of short horror films that's streaming now. It's called Don't Watch This. And the first one is called Friendship Bracelet. It's about two popular girls who show up to a birthday party. Uh, The outcast Julie goes to chilling extremes to make them her best friends. Control-Alt-Delete is a spiteful hacker lured into a virtual reality game on the dark web races to solve three challenges. I want to watch that. That sounds good. That sounds kind of like a mixture between unfriended dark web and um ready player one yeah unfriended dank web more like <laughs> oh and then the next one is incommodum i guess uh, it's about <laughs> incommodum incommodum ominous <laughs> ominous <laughs> symbols bodily horrors and other frights like george's mom oh converge in a surreal nightmare that's not for the squeamish <laughs> <laughs> then the next one is keep out teaming up for one last spooky viral video noah and alex break into a long abandoned house only to discover they're not alone that just sounds like the rapper from vhs1 like the the one that's like tying it all together yeah um <laughs> where it's just a couple people <laughs> breaking it into it like an abandoned house i mean that's not yeah. a new idea obviously but it could be I'll interesting it. it could be cool i'm gonna put this on while i edit tonight. might have some next, evil dead vibe to it the last one is uh Antony Psycho, Antony Psycho, as queer eye food and wine expert Antony Porosky shares the secrets of his healthy morning rituals, hints of a darker side emerge. So that's just an ad, whatever. That that's sounds a, cool though. That, that's cool of them. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a American Psycho vibe to it, even in the name. Um, the VHS, character. the franchise that's basically started all this crap, is like on Snapchat now. Oh really? They made they made some new shorts, uh, called VHS like virtual horror shorts or something, mm-hmm. and it's the same. I think it's like some of the same people, 
on the production side made like vertical video that can be on Snapchat. It's really weird. Did I you don't check know. any of them out? Uh, no. Oh. I might. <laughs> They're in my email. Like I don't have to use Snapchat to watch them, uh-huh. so I might. I don't know. I just thought those worth noting. But yeah, some of these seem pretty interesting. I'm interested in watching a couple of them. I'd probably throw this on Halloween or whatever just to see what other you know first party stuff Netflix is putting out. Yeah, I want to watch Friendship Bracelet. This seems like uh, maybe their competition for the body, maybe, that Hulu put out, where they're trying oh, to yeah. have some kind of original Halloween short to compete. <laughs> I read this article about Blumhouse TV and like the New York Times or something, mm-hmm. and it immediately starts by throwing <laughs> into the dark under the bus. It's like, it, the body... The first episode of Into the Dark, a 90-minute short horror film, or a 90-minute horror film from Blumhouse, came out to little fanfare. You probably never heard of it. It's like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. I actually liked that. But I yeah. thought that was actually pretty fun. Yeah, that fun. was good. Like, it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't perfect or anything, but I liked the actors in it. Pablo from uh, Evil Dead's in it. Yeah, it felt like, you know, like those longer episodes of The Walking Dead. It felt like on par with that. Yeah, I thought it was a fun watch. If you have a Hulu subscription, I don't see any reason not to watch it. I know, right? But no one's watching it, apparently, according <laughs> to that web article. So next up on here, the Soska sisters share the empowering footage from Rabid. I didn't even know they were remaking Rabid. Yeah, this was the first time I'd heard of it, but I guess they are remaking uh, David Cronenberg's 1977 masterpiece, Rabid. Yeah, that movie is sick. I love that movie. Rabbit is I a just great... saw it for the first time. Yeah, I hadn't seen it at all until it was included in the last uh, Joe Bob, Last Drive-In. And yeah. so that was the first time I'd saw it. And I actually loved this movie. I thought the original was great. Yeah, me too. Uh, It looks okay. I don't know. It's hard to remake a Cronenberg movie, I think. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like, I couldn't even imagine anyone touching something like The Fly or, you know, it's like his movies have such a unique style to them and there's usually, like, such weird sci-fi elements that feel like they're very much controlled by Cronenberg, so remaking it would definitely be a tall order. Yeah, and this might be the Soska sisters' first feature. They directed... Uh, something called Dead Hooker in a Trunk in 2009. Okay. Oh, I've seen this movie all over Netflix, actually. It's not their first feature. American Mary. Have you seen that on Netflix a no, bunch? No, I haven't seen that. I've, that. That was like OG, like when Netflix started doing streaming movies. Mm-hmm. It was like always recommended to me. It was like always like, watch Ameri- American... I've seen American Mary. It's about a surgical student uh, who goes to work at a strip club and kills people i've definitely seen this movie as <laughs> bizarre and they did some stuff for abc's of death 2 they directed see no evil 2 a movie called vendetta and the dead rising sequel dead rising watchtower oh they just acted in it so so they have a, a couple things under their belt doesn't sound like anything huge but maybe this could be their huge yeah, maybe this will be their breakout. breakout i mean I'm, i'd be happy to see the remake be good i just think that it's a, a tall order to to remake it but i think if you're gonna do a cronenberg movie this might be the best one to pick just because this one might be under a lot of people's radar so maybe if you release this you know as a remake to the 77 film people won't 
have seen the original or don't have an opinion on it. So you can kind of, you know, imprint your own self on it and take a fresher spin without a lot of fanboys just, you know, pissed that you're remaking the original. Yeah, uh, their whole goal is to give it a more female gaze perspective, I think. That's what they said. I don't know. Sounds cool, but pretty hard to match Cronenberg. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, it'll be tough, but. But yeah, good luck to them. Good luck, for sure. I'm, I'll am i be watching it, because I think the original is pretty damn good. Yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll probably review it on the show. And next up on here, you can now stream the complete Suspiria score through Spotify. Uh, it's really good, but there might be spoilers in the track names, so maybe don't listen to it until you've seen the movie. <laughs> maybe just listen to it, but don't look at the track titles. <laughs> yeah, but then, like, what if you really like a track? That's true. I mean, and then if, you click on it, and it's like the cicada emerges from the nipple, and you're like, "Shit!" <laughs> like, what if I didn't? Like, I didn't know that was gonna happen. Now it's spoiled for me. <laughs> that but, would happen in a Superior remake, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. But it's cool that they got uh, Thom York to do the soundtrack for this one. I mean, <laughs> you say Thom York? Yeah, Thom York. His name's Tom York. No, it's not. You don't say it, Thom. There's no way. <laughs> it's Thom York. How do you say <laughs> Thom York? Uh, hmm. Oh, how to pronounce it in English. This is inconclusive. The guy sounded like he said Tom, but he might have not. <laughs> Listeners, write in and let us know. <laughs> Say this guy's name. How do you say Radiohead? Yeah. Who's who's the main guy in Radiohead? How do you say his name? Alright, anyways. Anyway. What were you saying? I, I think it's cool they got him to come in and do the soundtrack because I mean it's definitely hard to replace Goblin since that soundtrack is so much a, a part of the original Suspiria. And right. you know, just how great that soundtrack is and you, you know, just how heavy it kicks and like really puts you in the mood in every scene so they needed definitely a very strong musician to come in for this movie and i feel like he fits the bill for sure radiohead is obviously one of the all-time greats so if anybody can do it he can uh kind of step into the shoes and and fulfill yeah. the the duties of sucking the people into the movie with music yeah the soundtrack's really good um it's hard saw it over a month ago, but the soundtrack was really good, so I can't tell you what tracks I really like the most. The one, the extended version of the one from the trailer is really good. That was my favorite track. I don't know what it's called. Heard it but here you'll first. hear it if you see the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of music, John Carpenter created a theme for Shudder, and uh, Craig Engler, who's the GM, said, we wanted to create a one-of-a-kind audio identity for Shudder, and the first person we thought of was John Carpenter. He said, we approached John, and to our delight, he was enthusiastic about the idea and came up with an iconic theme that will enchant and thrill Shudder members every time they hear it. Uh, what? What? <laughs> like, where are they going to use this? I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe in the background when you're browsing through stuff. But Like the PS4 music? <laughs> right. But, like, that's it's, kind of... It's no cool. Don't get me wrong, it's really cool. It's just like It's definitely a cool track. Did you listen to it? Yeah, it's sick. I like yeah, it. It's a cool theme for sure, and it's awesome that they got Carpenter to do it, but it's just weird 
where they're going to put it in, where they're going to fit in a theme song for a streaming service. Because really, the only other one we have is the Netflix dun-dun. I mean, <laughs> like, and that's like a two-second <laughs> soundbite. It's not a like a two-minute song, you know what I mean? I appreciate that they gave John Carpenter money to make a new track. It's always and cool to get fresh John Carpenter music. I mean, I think they should be commended for that. Yeah, is if, what I'm saying. If the new movie is anything to go off of, John Carpenter hasn't skipped a beat when it comes to making great music, and he can still turn them out with the best of them. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's cool that they have. A, I mean, how many places can say they have a Carpenter? Soundtrack. I mean, I think Shudder, other than any other Carpenter movie, is probably the only one that can say that. Maybe Halloween 3, but I don't know. It's it's just a cool little thing. It's just like you said, it's weird where they're going to really put it in. I hope when I go see him on Wednesday, he just gets up on stage and he's like, here's the theme for horror Netflix. Shudder. <laughs> and here it is. Shudder. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'd love to hear it live. I don't know what he's going to play because the ticket says Halloween and his other hits, but dog, you better just get up there and play the shape hunts Allison. Oh, that'd be so awesome to hear that live. I'm going to be seriously jealous if he plays that. If I don't hear the shape hunts Allison, I'm going to have a great time and go home really happy that I saw John Carpenter on (laughs) Halloween. But if I do hear the shape hunts Allison, I'll feel a little bit better. Yeah. You'll go to bed knowing that you heard possibly John Carpenter's best track live. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see him. And next up on here, Jordan Peele is remaking the Twilight Zone. Every time I read that, I'm like, what? <laughs> but one of the episodes is going to be remaking Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, the famous episode. But this time, it's going to have Adam Scott in it. That's cool. Yeah, um, I think that's probably the most iconic one from the original movie where the guy in the gorilla suit is pulling apart the wing where William <laughs> Shatner's on the plane and he's sitting in the... He looks outside and he sees it, and then every time he gets somebody to look at it, the gorilla's gone, and he comes the back. The costume and, is so good. It's <laughs> iconic. Yeah, so it's cool. I like Adam Scott a lot. Um, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows, and I just think he's a, a really talented actor, so uh, it's cool to see him being able to kind of test test the waters a little bit in the horror genre since i mean i guess that show he had on fox ghost or i watched that whole show and then it like went away for a break or something and they were like it's coming back and it kind of ended on a cliffhanger and then they were like we don't have enough room to air it so it's canceled (laughs) oh oh boy they're like we're really happy with this show but we just don't have the space for it right and that kind of sucks that it okay (laughs) that they couldn't try to push a little bit but i'm honestly i never really saw anybody talk about it i think that me neither i only really heard any kind of push for it before the premiere and i never heard anybody say one word about it so i mean not to say that it was a bad show but i just don't think it was you know like it's network it didn't blow up for sure yeah just didn't watch it like maybe if it was on a streaming service people would have gotten into it but i just think it's definitely tough to have a successful network show now harder than it's ever been for sure well that's why jordan peele is putting the twilight zone remake on cbs all access (laughs) (laughs) i'm not paying for that dude like i swear to god having all like 
everyone's like, oh, the streaming service future is going to like eliminate cable and make it so much cheaper. But now you just got to pay for every channel piecemeal. Right. Now you're just paying five bucks a channel and, they're, and you have to log into every single goddamn one. <laughs> it's like... stupid. All I need is the Disney one and Shudder because the Disney one is going to have a show with Loki and Scarlet Witch, which like... Sign me up. I'm into <laughs> that. Can't wait to announce that until after <laughs> Avengers Four. Like, kind of spoils a right. major plot point. But um, also, they're doing a show about Mandalore called The Mandalorian from John Favreau, actor right. and director of Chef. Yeah. And have you seen Chef? No. Oh. Yeah, I've seen. I Chef. haven't seen Chef. <laughs> I love Chef. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also doing a final season of The Clone Wars. So I will be. Paying for the Disney streaming service. I mean, plus every Marvel movie is going to be streaming on there after, you know, right. presumably every single Marvel movie is going to be on there from day one. So why wouldn't you? I'll keep paying for Shudder. Yeah, Shudder's a great deal and they keep getting better and better. So I don't know. Netflix, I'm like teetering on, you know, they could lose me. But right now they have enough to where I, I feel like it's worth it. Yeah, I'm curious on a lot of the new stuff they just put out um, for October. I want to watch some of the um, Sabrina show. I've seen that get kind of lukewarm reception so far, but I yeah, I've seen a lot of people who are like, I like the show, and then other people are who care about how a show looks are mad that they incorrectly used an anamorphic lens, and like a good portion of the show is out of focus. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that'd be distracting even to the, the layman who isn't. Like, how? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. It seems. And I've, I've watched it, and it's legitimately, at times, out of focus. Like, even though, it's not just the blurred edges. It's the stuff in the middle that's out of focus, too. And it's like, how? <laughs> how? And Netflix, I'm, like, salty against them right now because they sent out Castlevania Season 2 to die, First season got great reviews. Everyone really liked it. People are calling it the best video game adaptation of all time. Which I would so agree with. They, I agree, too. Then they announce a second season that has eight episodes instead of four, right? And mm-hmm. they're like, it's coming out around Halloween. They put it out on the same day as Spooky Riverdale. And it's like, why? Why would you do that? You had four weeks in October, and you're just throwing this out there. They didn't advertise it at all. I had to search for it. I finished season one on Netflix, and... It didn't say, hey, new episodes are added to this show, like it did with Ozark. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, watch Sabrina. Watch Sabrina. We got Sabrina. It's like, okay, all right. I'll watch, like, I will watch <laughs> Sabrina, but I have already seen Castlevania, and I thumbs up it. Like, right. let me know I'd like that to see more of this out. if you have it available. <laughs> yeah, and like, I watched two or three episodes. Uh, I think I'm on episode four now. It's still sick. It's fucking awesome. It's so good. Yeah, I have to watch like, that for oh, sure, man. and I have to start uh, make a little more progress in Honey of Hill House. I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about that show, but I haven't really. I watched dug five into minutes it. of that, and I was like, "Cool, this is really slow. I can't handle this right now." <laughs> and then I just turned it off. <laughs> I'll watch it eventually. I feel like I owe it to Mike Flanagan after bringing him up every week for like six <laughs> months about how I don't like his movies. That I much. mean, I hear this is his magnum opus, so great. I'm sure I'll love it. <laughs> I'm going in with an open mind, you know? Right. But I'm mad about Castlevania. I think Castlevania is really good. They should be promoting it a lot more. And Ari Shankar, I think, is the guy who produces all this. He has a big announcement on November 16th 
about a new show he's adapting for Netflix in the same style. And he says it's a very big Japanese game uh, franchise. So a lot of people think he's making a Zelda cartoon. That'd be cool. Or I'd be anime. Is cartoon offensive? I don't. I don't know. Well, I think it's anime is just more for like animation that starts in like East Asian countries as opposed to America. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a cartoon. Who cares? It could be. I mean, whatever. It's all. Semantics. I'm not like a connoisseur of this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm just <laughs> I, I think Castlevania is cool. Yeah. I still remember when he whipped the guy's eyeball out. I will say though that it feels like they had the same budget on season two and that they just kind of stretched it over eight episodes. There's a lot of filler dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, ah, I see what you're doing. Where they but do the, the speed story... racer, where it's just two people talking to each yes. other for five minutes and then an action scene exactly. happens. Exactly. <laughs> that is the best reference for it I think <laughs> I, you could possibly use, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I see what you're doing here, but the gore is pretty sweet. The fight scenes are awesome. Uh, Alucard is really cool. And the next season, if they get renewed, is con- like confirmed to be Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. So I hope people go and watch Castlevania. Yeah, I think the first season is just such a slick animation style. It just looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, Trevor Belmont. You got the girl with the magic. Totally forgot her name. Mira, I think. (laughs) Uh, You got Alucard. What more could you ask for? Basically Castlevania 3. Yeah, yeah. He's This one picks up right there. And he's like, ah, he kicks the shit out of them. And then he's (laughs) like, oh, a vampire hunter and a sorcerer. And the vampire hunter is strong. I'll team up with you guys to kill my papa. (laughs) It's a pretty cool premise. Yeah, I'm definitely into that. Um, I just need to kind of carve out a little bit of time to start watching it. Thankfully, it's like four hours total. Right. Yeah. So everyone watch that because I really want a Symphony of the Night show. Uh, And then the last thing on our new segment this week, three classic Resident Evil titles are coming to Switch in 2019. And this is something we've been asking for for a while. Uh, The big one, though, is Resident Evil 4 is going to be able to be played portable, which sounds awesome. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 is definitely one of my favorite games of all time. Um, And this has always been kind of the pipe dream where and every mobile system it's always been a question of is this going to be ported to that is there a way to play it on that just because it's been re-released so many times at this point um yeah that was before capcom decided they were actually going to put effort into their ports yeah uh, so it, it it's like a minor upgrade but i think it would look good in a handheld regardless yeah i mean it even if it's just the like last gen playstation 3 xbox 360 ultimate edition or whatever 720p that's completely fine on the switch yeah screen. totally and then they're also putting out resident evil remake hd the one that came out on ps4 which was a hd remaster of the remake on gamecube i, I will play that i'm interested in that i never played uh resident evil 1 ever on i played it on the nintendo ds i didn't play it on anything uh <laughs> I read the book. Does that count? Yeah, <laughs> dude, the books. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. I talked about those with Jake and Andy, and then Jake went and bought them all on Amazon. No, they're they're actually really... They're well-written. They're actually cool books. I like them. Yeah. S.D. Perry. Yeah. Um, but I never actually played it for myself. Um, the closest thing I think I ever came to was when we played the um, Resident Evil 5 DLC, where you went back to the um, mansion in the original one. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's the closest good, I ever came. Good 30 minutes. Yeah, a quick 30 minutes 
in Resident Evil 5, which at the time was like the best looking game available. Right. And then Resident Evil Zero, I have beaten, and I never want to play that game again. It is. <laughs> I cannot imagine how frustrating that game would be. Not only do you have the, the inventory constraints where you have to drop shit, like key items, and come back and get them later, mm-hmm. but you're also warping between two characters at any given time. Like you play as both Billy and Rebecca. It's just a pain in the ass. It does have some cool bosses, but like, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, maybe they could retool that a little bit and tighten up a few things, but I feel like they don't really want to put maximum effort into a port of Resident Evil Zero. <laughs> right, so I can't wait for them to charge 40 bucks for all of these because yeah. it's on Switch. I mean, I'd love to get them all in a pack and pay... Yeah, like a boxed edition or something? Yeah, like a... Exactly, a boxed cool. edition with maybe something, a art book or whatever. A little Leon S. Kennedy uh, amiibo, hopefully. They've been killing it with Mega Man and those releases, so hopefully they can figure it out for this. I feel like a collector's edition or whatever for 60 bucks with a little Leon Amiibo would sell out. Yeah, totally. I would pay for that in two seconds. <laughs> you got to be shitting me. I would buy that. But yeah, regardless, we're going to be able to play Resident Evil 4 on Switch next year. So that... Coming to the end of segment one, we're going to take a quick break, and then George and I are going to recommend three movies for you to watch each for Halloween, which is the day after this episode goes up. So you'll have to watch all day. (laughs) Take off work on Wednesday. Okay, we're back from our quick break. So George and I thought it'd be fun this week for Halloween if we picked out three movies that you should watch on Halloween each. So, George, you start. You're first on this list. Do we want to do one each or do yeah, one yeah, yeah. full list? Yeah, we'll then... go back and forth. Right, cool. So um, one of my first pick is actually a movie that we talked about earlier um, in one of the, our past episodes. Uh, the Witching Season, which is available on Amazon Prime Streaming, and it is an anthology series with shorts in varying length, one of them being about a half hour and the other ones being anywhere from, I think, like 10 to 15 minutes long. And um, it's just a horror anthology series that all takes place around the same time on on Halloween, but like on the same block, geographically close to each other. Um, and they're just actually really cool little inventive shorts. Like, they range from being very much, you know, like, alien special effects driven to just, like, the shadows in your room that scare you at night. I mean, it's, like, ev- it's a very wide range of horror. You get a little bit of everything. And I I love anthology movies. And I just think Around Halloween is kind of the, the right, perfect time to watch them. I agree. That one's really good. Our boy Michael Bailiff. He's the man. He uh, He's working on turning the arguably the best short in that whole thing into a feature film right now. And if you're not following that guy on Instagram, you're messing up. He's been putting out some awesome videos. I think he's been doing one every day of October, and it really gets you in the Halloween spirit. I did not know fall was so prominent in Utah. <laughs> yeah, but the, um, the opening shots in that one, they do uh, kind of a recreation of the Halloween 4 opening scene where it's just right. s- stills of like leaves blowing and this 
small Midwestern town with like kind of cheap little Halloween decorations. It just, it really gets you in the mood immediately. And it's one of the best aesthetics in a movie that I've ever seen. I agree. That's a good pick. Uh, if only just because Michael is such a cool guy. So my first pick <laughs> is a movie I just watched for the first time last night. It's on Hulu. It's called Pumpkinhead, which uh, I know everyone on Earth has seen <laughs> other than me. But it's directed by Stan Winston, which is cool. It's written by Stan Winston, at least in part. And Lance Henriksen is the main character. You haven't seen this movie either, right, George? So I watched a little bit of it today. I wasn't able to finish it, but um, I did start it today, and I watched about an hour's worth of it. Uh, so so <laughs> I, I have a feeling, a feeling for it, at least. First thing I'll say, production value on this movie, insane. It looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the pumpkin head monster itself looks pretty awesome. I mean, it's a, a definitely a take on a xenomorph, in my opinion, but... It's oh a, yeah, totally. It's definitely a really cool creature design, and there's a lot of practical effects, which I love. Um, a lot of people's heads getting smashed through windows, the giant claw of the monster picking people up and dropping them <laughs> off, like, picking yeah. them up a tree and then dropping them, like, 500 feet to the ground, and, like, there's just a lot of fun, like, <laughs> kind of stupid scenes. Oh, and there's the, the witch, the witch's house looks amazing. Oh yeah, it looks cool. It's, like, dark Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Uh, there's one kill... Where I was playing Assassin's Creed during this part, and I stopped playing the game to watch the rest of the movie, but I think he, like, there's a guy, one of the characters is riding a dirt bike, and then he picks him up, and then throws him on the ground while he's still on the dirt bike. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's awesome. I really like that kill. Uh, I watched this movie two times last night, and I really liked it. It's really good. It's a cool movie, and... I'm a sucker for anything with a witch in it, and it definitely has a great portrayal of witch and witchcraft. I think that the way that they look at black magic is really cool in that movie, where it's not cut and dry and things have a cost to them, and I think that's an interesting uh, plot device that is kind of underused. Yes, I reviewed it on Letterboxd, and this is what I said. Incredible production value in a nice fairy tale esque story about actions having consequences for all parties involved. Yeah, I I like that. I think it definitely is a modern fairy tale, and it's definitely a cool watch. Yeah, so that's my first pick. Yeah, that'll get What's you your in the second spirit, pick in the spirit for sure. Uh, my second pick is one that is very near and dear to my heart. I just watched it on Saturday. It is My Little Pony. My Little Pony, October Rides. Uh, no it is satan's little helper um this movie is streaming terrible it's it's terrible it is like uh extremely low production values it's got bad costumes it's got terrible dialogue i mean it's it's a bad movie but you love it because it's its charm is that it's so bad it's not like so bad it's good it's that it's so bad it's charming yeah (laughs) and it really captures the the spirit of halloween there's a lot of scenes actually showing real trick-or-treaters and people's houses that are decorated um the the basic plot is this kid is obsessed with a new video game that looks terrible i would never play this game in a million years called satan's little helper and i like uh, how you have to stop to call out this kid's terrible taste in video games well it's not just him because everybody talks about how much they are addicted to it when they start playing it 
And it's basically a game about racking up points by being bad. Like, the more bad acts you do, the better score you get. And so this kid sees a guy in a Satan costume and assumes that he's the real Satan and just pals around with him all night and does bad deeds with him because he thinks that that's, like, like his video game. And so mm-hmm. they just get up to all kinds of bad shenanigans. It's it's a fun watch. It's unbelievable that this movie got made. It's unbelievable. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a really fun movie. I It is definitely in my October rotation. I watch it every October since I found it uh, the first time I saw it. And it just, it gets you in the spirit. Because it's both a really bad horror movie, which is always fun to have a few beers and sit with your friends and just watch, you know, throw something on that's terrible and kind of laugh at it. But it does right. have a lot of charm and it captures the Halloween spirit very well. Yes. Uh, I knew you were going to pick that. And one of the Halloween movies. So I went for indie movies and Pumpkinhead on my list. So my next pick is Pie Wacket, which we've talked about on the show. It's Adam McDonald's latest movie from like a year ago. Uh, he's the guy who directed Backcountry, which has the best bear attack sequence in any movie ever. But it's about this girl named Leah who's into like punk shit. And her mom is kind of a bitch to her. So she summons a spirit called Piewacket to kill her mom. And it's like also a story that is one where every character involved has consequences. So you can summon this witch, but it's not like a, it's not helping you. It's going to come after you next. It's kind of a cool thing. Uh, It's filmed out in the woods in Canada. Very good fall vibe. Great summoning scene where they thought to make her do it the real way by having her whisper to herself and... She's not screaming like, you know, the Sanderson sisters would or something. No, it's it's a really cool little spell that she summons the demon with. Yeah, it's one of probably my favorite ritual scene I've seen in any movie. I just think it feels so, like, realistic in a sense where if you were following traditional Wicca whatever spell or ceremony, I feel like this would all be stuff that that you would follow if you read it in, like, some old tome somewhere. And like you said, the fall vibe is amazing. It has some really genuinely, like, terrifyingly creepy moments. Uh, one in particular that still sticks with me. Yeah, that scene still is really scary. <laughs> I, I just watched this last night. It's on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, you should definitely check this movie out. But they also did a really good... I think Scream Factory put out a Blu-ray of it. And the Blu-ray is awesome. It comes with a slipcover and everything. All of the art for this movie, for the posters, was so good. Uh, this was... When I relaunched my YouTube channel, this was one of the first movies I reviewed, and I think I'm the second person ever to review it. <laughs> Brad, Brad from Bloody Disgusting beat me by, like, 12 hours. <laughs> uh, but I really like it. Uh, and Adam McDonald, if that name sounds familiar to you, he's the guy we talked about a few weeks ago who's directing or showrunning season three of Slasher for Netflix. So if you want to get a sense of how good of a director this guy is, definitely check out Piewacket. And yeah. he wrote it. Yeah, he's kind of the one reason that I have a little bit of hope for that. I still haven't gone back and watched the first two seasons. I might just pick it up at season three because I have not heard good things. But um, Oh, that show sucks, dude. Sorry yeah. if you're a fan of it. I couldn't get through the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've only it's, heard uh, it's bad. some pretty negative things on that show. But I think he is I hope definitely, it's good now. Yeah, he's an excellent director. And I do. I also love this movie. I think it's 
a great witch story and a great fall vibe and it just is a, a cool also in the same vein of like Pumpkinhead where it's sort of a modern fairy tale in a way um, right kind of surreal consequences for consequences. your actions yeah definitely you know what's funny every movie I picked <laughs> yeah that's kind of your theme it's the consequences theme. for your actions <laughs> looking at my third movie it's the same fucking theme this is the Halloween of consequence yeah <laughs> Uh, All right, what's your next yeah, pick? So my third pick, I think that any Halloween, you have to watch a Halloween movie. I'm not going to specify which one. I think you should pick out whatever one your favorite is. If you love Halloween 4, I'd say watch Halloween 4. Personally, I think you have to either watch one or three on Halloween. Yeah. I think that those are the tent poles of this franchise. Um, one is obviously a masterpiece. It's my favorite movie of all time. Um it always hits the spot, always is a fun watch. Um, I think 3 also, maybe even more so, captures the um, the origins of Halloween with the, the Druidic cult and they have the masks. A little more of an espionage story. Um, with Tom Atkins. With Tom Atkins, awesome. who's probably the most underrated 80s actor who ever lived. Um, He's so good in the fog. Yeah, he's excellent in The Fog, uh, Night of the Creeps, Halloween 3. No, Night of the Creep? No. Yeah. Yeah, Night of yeah, the Creeps. He, yeah. He's, uh, he says it's Miller time for no yeah, reason. Yeah, that's that's the one <laughs> with the flamethrower. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah, that movie's awesome too. Yeah. So but, um, those are great. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I think either one would be my first choice, Halloween 1 or 3. I love the Silver Shamrock Um little song and dance and their whole that movie ends on such a bleak note that (laughs) uh, maybe watch us a little earlier in the night um and then maybe follow it up with satan's little helper to make a little more lighthearted. but uh i think three is always a fun watch there's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is um near the end when they show all around the world all the you know all the like all around the United States, all the places trick-or-treating. Yeah, yeah. And it has, like, the the silhouettes of people, and they're all in the Silver Shamrock Man. I think that's, like, one of the best shot scenes in cinema. I just love that scene so much. I've talked about every Halloween movie ad nauseum on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I don't don't think you need to talk about it anymore, but... um, I'm skipping three this year because I want to do something bigger with it next year, but I watched the 4K Blu-ray of the first Halloween yesterday. That movie is, like, so good in 4K. I love it. Uh... The only thing I have to say about Halloween that I haven't said already is just to remind everyone that Halloween 2 is worse than the new Halloween, and I will take that to my grave. (laughs) (laughs) The sibling plotline is stupid. Post up if you need to. I'm going to do like a conspiracy theory video or something (laughs) on like why the sibling theory is dumb. It's just, you know what? You guys get to hear it now. This is why the sibling theory is dumb. Because if Michael Myers is only going to go after his bloodline, then he's not scary because I'm not related to him. That's, it's as simple as that. He's never going to come after me. But if Michael Myers kills anyone he comes in contact with, then he's scary. Because it makes me think that if I ever saw Michael Myers, if he was ever close enough to me where I could see him, I'm dead. Right. He could just pick you or me or anybody who he sees. If he sees one on the sidewalk, he thinks, oh, I think that guy needs to be killed. He'll just go kill you. So case in point, Halloween 2 set this... Like this point for to jump off of for the rest of the franchise and because of that every movie that comes after it 
doesn't have the right kind of Michael Myers. Therefore, I am right. <laughs> it's a podcast. No one can talk. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> like they did on my YouTube video that I put up today. Uh, my last pick is the autopsy of Jane Doe, which again is about consequences. It's about these this father and son who run a morgue in uh, really close to a place in Massachusetts. It kind of spoils it. Um, but this body shows up and it's weird because it looks like they can't find any cause of death for it. But as they open it up, there's obviously some terrible things have been done to this body and things go awry very quickly. And it's just a really good movie. It's awesome. It's very, it's very actiony for only taking place in one room for the most part. And yeah. the acting is great. Characters are awesome. Script is great. It's just a really solid movie from on Andre Overdahl. I also like um, when they kind of dig a little deeper. You don't really see any ritual scenes specifically, but you see the aftermath of some rituals. Um, I don't really want to spoil it if you haven't seen the movie, but right. I think that that is a really interesting, cool scene. And it unfolds. The pacing in that movie is so good because right, it, it takes it, it builds on itself very deliberately. Every time you see something, you feel like it's there for a purpose. And that is one stepping stone up up to the next part, up to the next part. And there is also some pretty damn scary moments with the uh, corpses with the little bells on their feet. Yeah, that is very creepy. I like that a lot. Uh, so if you haven't seen that movie, you should definitely check it out. You can rent it like anywhere. And the cool thing about this is two of the movies I mentioned you can watch on Hulu. You can watch The Witching Season on YouTube and Amazon Prime for free. Satan's Little Helper is on Shudder. And so is Halloween 1, 2, and 4. So all of these movies can be streamed somewhere with an account. And Autopsy of Jane Doe is a movie that you should definitely buy. That's a great movie. So these are all easy to watch. And I feel like they'd complement the Halloween night very well. Yeah, these will definitely set you up for, for a good Halloween. Just uh, one of my favorite things to do is you just you leave the bowl of candy outside. Maybe crack a window a little bit so you get some of that ambiance flowing in. And uh, yeah. you just kind of let the little trick-or-treaters go while you're watching watching horror movies. It sets the scene pretty perfectly. Hell yeah, dude. So I'll have my Halloween video on the original Halloween up on Halloween in the morning. But in the meantime, if you want to learn about the history of the holiday, you can go to YouTube.com slash this is where we just posted a video all about it. I got to do that for my day job. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for episode 51 we made it to another Halloween, George. We did it. Our second Halloween. Yay! <laughs> ever. So, we're on next, next week's episode 52, which would be a year later, but we skipped a bunch of weeks, so it's late. <laughs> yeah, but we, on to uh, 100 from here. A bit there, here and there, but we're back. We're back now. All right, George. Bring us home. All right. Uh, you can follow us on any social medias at... Fear Frequency. The email again is fearfrequencypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on everything at George Frizzard. You can find Jimmy on everything at Jimmy Champagne. Hell yeah. Uh, we hope that you have a very happy Halloween. Spook yourself out a little bit. Maybe watch something a little creepy. And uh, as always, come back next week for more horror news and reviews. And you never know who might be listening.